there's a National League Central team that has a dark horse for Rookie of the Year, as well as a ton of pitching they're trying to polish up for the majors. It's the St. Louis Cardinals. Let's talk about it. You are Locked On MLB Prospects, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, welcome on in to Locked On MLB Prospects, your home for all things minor league baseball. I'm your host, Lindsey Crosby, baseball writer and podcaster. Thank you for making this your first listen every single day. And today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of the Locked On Podcast Network. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. Going through the divisions, we're in the National League Central. We have the winners of the National League Central, the St. Louis Cardinals, 93-69 and 69 last year. And teams should only get better by their offseason moves. They lost Yadier Molina. They replaced him with Wilson Contreras, as well as promotions of prospects, just like they got quality contributions from the prospects they promoted last year. Uh, number one guy, and a guy who I like as a dark horse for Rookie of the Year votes in the National League, third baseman and outfielder at this point, Jordan Walker. 6'5", 220. He was a 2020 first rounder out of high school. And he's only listed as an outfielder now because they moved him when Nolan Arenado opted into the remainder of the contract. But all he's done since he moved to the outfield is continue to destroy offensively while acclimating to the outfield so well that he actually got reps in center field in the Arizona Fall League. So, 119 games in AA last year. 306, 388, 510. 19 home runs, 53 extra base hits, 58 walks to 116 strikeouts, and 22 of 27 on stolen bases. Uh, Let's get the defense out of the way. First, the speed is above average. The plus is a, sorry, the arm is a plus arm. And like I said, he's been playing right field. He got some time in center in the Arizona Fall League. And for a guy who's 6'5", 220, he looked pretty good in center field. It's it's just a, he's a very good athlete. He's well-conditioned. He has very, like, long, powerful strides, so he can cover lots of ground in the outfield. Uh, I would not want to play him as my full-time center fielder. I have a theory about how the slugger types all the running you do in center field can impact their performance at the plate. But I, he could cover it in a pinch, and in the meantime, he's going to be a fantastic right fielder. But offensively, this is where he really shines. Power is considered to be elite, 70-grade power. The hit tool, a lot of people have it as a 50, so as an average hit tool. I have it a little bit better, so I have it as a probably a 55 or so. And a lot of what he's done at some of these levels is he was one of the younger players at these levels. He put up the 306, 388, 510 slash line last year in AA Springfield at age 20. And when you watch him play, you watch him take at-bats, the swing path, long levers, it's a longer swing, but he can cover the entire plate. I feel like he does particularly well hitting on the outside half of the plate. You know, going for the outside half, he can kind of extend the arms and get the full levers in play. Gives him very good bat speed to drive a ball to any field. 
Uh, he is a little aggressive at the plate. I think you see that in some of the strikeout numbers as far as 116 strikeouts in 119 games. But for the most part, he likes to hit. And he has good enough contact ability and good enough power where he can turn what normally would be not quality contact into quality contact. 45% of his balls in play last year were 95 miles an hour or harder. His max exit velo of 114.6. All players 21 and younger, he was in the 99th percentile. So, uh, yeah, the quality of the hits are there. Uh, Speed is above average, and so on the base paths, he can take extra bases. We saw how he did on steals 22 to 27. I don't think he's going to be a 30-30 kind of guy in the bigs just because I don't think he'll run that much as far as steals. But I absolutely think 30-10, maybe even 30-20 is possible if he decides he wants to do it. Uh, All in all, absolutely love Jordan Walker. Not a lot of flaws. He should see most of the year in the major leagues. Uh, And I think his ceiling is like perennial all-star in right field. So love what I see there. Number two prospect in the system. I've got right-hand pitcher Tink Hintz. Uh, 2020 second rounder supplemental out of high school. Uh, 6'1", 175. But got 16 starts in low A last year. 138 ERA in 52 and a third innings. 81 strikeouts, so 13.9 per nine to 15 walks, 2.6 per nine. One home run allowed. What to know about Tink Hintz is his pitch mix He has multiple plus pitches. The fastball is a plus pitch, sits in the mid-90s. And then he pairs that with a plus curveball. It's in the high 70s. Uh, It has a lot of horizontal movement, but it does have some two-plane break. So it moves a lot horizontally and drops a bit. And the idea is the fastball kind of comes in on a flat plane, and then the curveball starts off on that plane and then darts down and away from a right-handed hitter. So, that's the idea there. The slider is, I'd say, probably above average. It's in the low 80s, but it just looks like the curveball if it didn't have any drop to it. It's just horizontal. So, it's a little bit of a different picture, but it can give you a different movement profile off of the curveball. And then he has a changeup as well that doesn't use it a ton. I do think it's average to above average, but it has good velocity separation off the fastball. So it gives another weapon depending on if it's a lefty or a righty and things like that. Uh, The things that he needs to work on, I mean, young pitcher was 19 years old last year in low A, but he does really well from the windup. Smooth, athletic delivery. He struggles a bit from the stretch. Some of that's just the size. 6'1", 175, he's not the biggest guy in the world. And so... When he's in the stretch, there's a little bit more effort in the delivery, and the command suffers a bit because of that. So, a little bit more physical development, I think, is needed, and then just working on acclimating to the larger workload and showing he can go deeper into starts. I do think the ceiling for T. Kent's as a prospect is potentially a number one pitching prospect in baseball, or at the very least in the conversation top five prospects, something like that. We're just not quite there yet. Uh, Probably will go to, I would assume, high A to start next year, but you could be a surprise depending on how spring training goes, and he could go straight to double A. 
We'll see what happens. Number three prospect in the system, shortstop Mason Wynn. Uh, 2020 second rounder out of high school. You're noticing a trend. A lot of these top prospects were prep draftees. The 2020 draft was very good to the St. Louis Cardinals. But uh, 5'11", 180, a little bit of a smaller guy. And they were, he was a legitimate two-way prospect in the draft. A lot of teams wanted him as a pitcher. Uh, He could run the fastball up to, I want to say, 97 or 98 or so. And he has developed defensively and offensively to show where, yes, he's worthy of being considered uh, a top prospect in the system. So, 119 games divided between uh, high A and double A. Majority of those, three-fourths of those probably, in double A. 283, 364, 468. 12 home runs, 56 extra base hits, including eight triples, although most of those were in double A. I'm sorry, we're in high A. 63 walks to 115 strikeouts and 43 of 48 on stolen bases. Offensively, he he started off like the common consensus going into the season was average contact hitter, below average power. And 37 games in high A last year, he batted 209, 240, 304. Well, he... The power has developed the swing mechanics. He overhauled the swing. And so he's making better quality contact. He's better able to get more power into it. And then he worked on swing decisions. So he's chasing less. Uh, His end zone contact rate last year, 86%. So one of the better numbers in this system. Strikeout rate, under 21%. So he cut down the strikeouts. He improved contact and like I said, the power started to show up. Had a 566 slugging in Peoria and then hit 11 of his 12 home runs in Springfield, albeit with a 432 slugging. So, so a little bit of work to do there still. He is very fast, plus speed. You can see that in some of the steel numbers, 43 or 48. And then when it comes to defense, you have to talk about the arm. Obviously, as a guy who used to be a pitcher, uh, that is an 80-grade arm. He, the range is good. His actual defensive actions, so the hands, the glove, the transfer, all that's probably just about average. But what he has going for him is he has an absolute cannon. And as long as he can knock the ball down, he can make up whatever kind of advantage you have and get the ball to first base before you get there. In the Futures game, he broke 100 miles an hour on a throw from shortstop. Much to the, the chagrin of Justin Turner, then of the Dodgers, now of the Red Sox. And so I think he genuinely can be considered now as a legitimate shortstop prospect to play above average defense because of the range and obviously the elite, the 80-grade arm. And I like him as a future shortstop in St. Louis, provided the bat continues to develop. Number four prospect in the system, Matthew Libertor, 6'5", 200, 2018 first rounder out of high school. Uh, left-handed pitcher. Got 22 starts in AAA last year. 7-9, ERA, and 115 innings pitched. 116 strikeouts, so just over nine strikeouts per nine innings. 41 walks, 3.2, with 16 home runs allowed. Uh, really kind of an interesting scenario for Matthew Libertor, right? So the fastball is only average. 
he has a four-seamer and a two-seamer. The four-seamer sits 93 to 95 with some ride to it. The two-seamer has late run to it. Doesn't sink a ton, has less ride than the four-seamer, but good run to the arm side. But a lot of, like, all of that, the four-seamer and the two-seamer are to, one, induce weak contact, especially with the two-seamer, and then two, to set up the curveball. Curveball is a plus pitch. It throws it in the mid-70s. It's got uh, one to seven break, but it gets, I I say one to seven, it's really more like one to eight or one to nine, right? 16 inches of vertical break and then over a foot of horizontal break. So it can literally start up and in and end up in the bottom corner, the far bottom corner of the zone. It's a very good pitch. Uh, it is his best swing and miss option. And he's everything he does is to set that up. He also throws a gyro slider. It's an average pitch. A bunch of guys in the system throw gyro sliders. Uh, since 85 to 86 or so. And then he's got a changeup that's below average right now. Sits in the mid-80s. Kind of mimics the two seam. And so I think like the thing there is you have to get the velocity difference. It doesn't have enough velocity difference off of the fastball. Especially since it looks like the two-seamer. This looks like a, like a more hittable version of the two-seamer. So a little bit of work to do there on that. But doesn't always have his command. And I think that's probably the biggest bugaboo right now. Is just trying to make sure, trying to make sure that he can stick with the command deeper into starts. And throughout the season. If he can work that out. You're going to see a nice back of the rotation guy. That if everything goes right. You could have somewhere in the middle of your rotation. A number three or maybe a number four. In just a minute, I want to get to the state of the pitching. Spoiler alert, it's very good. But first, today's episode is brought to you by our friends at FanDuel. We're really excited about our new sports betting partner for Locked On because of the number one sports book in America. If you're new to FanDuel, that's great. They have so many amazing features that make betting on sports fun and easy. A new customer can join today to get started with $150 in free bets guaranteed when you place your first $5 bet. Just sign up at FanDuel.com slash locked on because FanDuel has your favorite bets from the money line to point spreads to player props and you can combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with a same game parlay. All of this is on an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. So football fans, do not miss out. Place your first $5 bet to get $150 in free bets, win or lose, at FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. Make every moment more with FanDuel. Okay, state of the pitching in this system, to me, is very good. We've already talked about Tink Hentz and Matthew Libertor, guys who are, uh, hence, a little bit farther away from the majors. Libertor got a couple games last year, still has a little bit more work to do, but... Uh, looks like a promising option. There's a couple other guys in this system that I really like that I think you're going to see quite a few of these guys, including one of these as my breakout. You'll see them making a big impact. And these are all college pitchers, unlike Lirator and Hintz, who are prep guys. So first one, right-hand pitcher Gordon Graceffo, 6'4", 2021 fifth rounder out of Villanova. Spoiler alert for the superlatives, he's my breakout candidate as a prospect this year. Uh, started 21 games last year, mostly in high A. I'm sorry, m- mostly in double A, but a few in high A. 10 and 6 with a 297 ERA and 139 and a third innings. 139 strikeouts, so dead on nine strikeouts per nine. 
to 28 walks, 1.8 per nine, 17 home runs allowed. A couple things here. One, the fastball itself, the movement is not necessarily great. Uh, it's, it grades out as above average, 93 to 95, touches 99, uh, but it just doesn't have a lot of ride, and it, it's a little straighter than you would like. Uh, the reason that it's good, the reason it's effective, is the velocity. Again, he can run it up to 99, and the command. He can put it wherever he wants, and he gets deception from how he throws it. He has a he 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 starts off it's like a high slot like a high three quarter slot and he comes across the body and so the idea is it just it's harder to see the ball out of the hand because there's stuff moving behind it. Now to take like to play off of that fastball he uses a plus slider, eighty five to eighty eight, another gyro slider again quite a few of these guys have gyro sliders, uh, really tight kind of shape. But it plays off the fastball very well. That's the one-two punch there. To go with that, he has an above-average changeup. Sits in the low 80s. Uh, it has some good tumble to it. And it really, that's the pitch that he uses to either induce chase or get swings and misses from lefties. So that's the out pitch against a lefty. And then he has a curveball, 12-6. to six. It's average, but he can sequence really well. He can mix them really well. That pitchability is there. And then he can command everything really well. The command is somewhere between plus and 70 grade. I mean, I guess technically, I guess that'd be a 65. But point is, he's got just a lot of tools. He can use all of these very effectively. And so they play up a bit because of how well he can mix them and sequence them. Uh, I feel confident in saying back to the rotation guy, but it, from what I've read, from what I've seen, from the film that I've seen, I feel like he's due for a breakout this year. Just a little bit of tweaks here and there to the arsenal. Another prospect in the system that I really do like, a top 10 guy, right-hand pitcher Michael McGreevy. 6'4", 2021 first rounder out of UC Santa Barbara. And last year got in 28 games, mostly in AA Springfield. 9-5, and 399 ERA, and 144 and a third innings pitched. 117 strikeouts, so only 7.3 per nine, to 30 walks, 1.9 per nine, 15 home runs allowed. So the issue here, and the reason you see the low strikeouts and so many fa- and so many home runs, is it all comes back to the fastball. The fastball is in a below average pitch right now, 90 to 92, uh, tops out like it, t- it can touch 95 on its hardest throw. Uh, it runs a lot to the arm side, but doesn't have a bunch of ride, doesn't do well up in the zone. He's got to keep it down. Uh, now, he can command it well, so for the most part, he can do it. When he doesn't and he misses, that's when you see it get rocked for a home run. So, something to work on there. But really, the fastball is just to set up the slider. The slider sits 82 to 84, uh, and he throws it a ton. He threw the slider more than the curveball, and the change put together. So he really is, he's throwing that fastball just enough for you to sit on it so he can beat you with the slider. Uh, he gets the most chases with that. He gets the most swings and misses with that. It's really only above average. I think it could get to plus, though. Uh, the the, the changeup could be better. Uh, it it I think it has the potential to be average. Right now, I have it as below average because of the command issues. He can't always put it where he wants to put it. 
Uh, the curveball, it sits in the high 70s. It's probably average right now. It looks like the slider, but just more depth, right? So if you're trying to get out in front of the slider, he can drop the curveball behind you. Um, commands above average. There's a little bit of deception in there, but he's got a lot of effort in the, in the delivery. And so to me, he's, he's, there's a question whether he's in the back of the bullpen. I'm sorry. There's a question whether he's in the back of the rotation or he's in the bullpen. I think if he was in the bullpen, the slider and fastball combo would be a little bit better. You can get a little more velocity on it. Uh, albeit it's not going to be a flamethrower. He's still going to top out at 95 or so, but uh, it might play up a little bit in relief. They're going to try, keep trying him as a starter. We'll see how that goes. The third guy is recent draftee, left-hand pitcher Cooper Yerpy. 6'3", 200, 2022 first of Oregon State. Uh, really, really unique pitcher. So, so when you watch Cooper Yerpy, he's a drop-and-drive pitcher, right? So he... He drops the back leg and then pushes off towards the plate. And you combine that with the sidearm slot. His release point off the ground is about four and a half feet. Incredibly low for a starter. There's no starter in MLB that has a release point as low as Cooper Yerpes. So some people will, are concerned that there is reliever risk there. But uh, he's got that. He's got a good bit of extension, six and a half feet of extension. So because of that, it's a really unique angle. It plays up velocity-wise. Uh, so he sits 92 or so. He can touch 94, 95. But the unusual angle, the good command of it, the deception in the sidearm delivery with the crossbody finish and everything, the fastball plays up off of the velocity, is really good up in the zone. To go along with it, he's got a slider, uh, I've got it as an above average pitch. It's a horizontal breaking slider. Sits in the high 70s. He's got a changeup that's in the low 80s. A lot of fade and stuff to it. Now in college, both of those secondaries got swings and misses at least half the time or better. So very effective combination. He has a curveball. It's just a slower version of the slider. A little bit deeper. It's below average right now kind of really is a uh, steal a strike early in account kind of thing, more so than a reliable out pitch. I think that he could add a little bit of power to the fastball. Again, 6'3", 200, a little bit of ability to size up some there. And so if he can do that without, without compromising the slot, the shape, I think it could play up and he could be a middle-of-the-rotation guy who can be impactful rather quickly. I'm guessing he's probably going to start off at high A next year. Uh, and then I wouldn't be surprised to see him high A, double A by the end of the year. If not, maybe even a late September call up into triple A for the postseason there. In just a minute, I want to get to the superlatives. Always the, always the best part in every single system right here on Locked on MLB Prospects. And we're back. So talking about the superlatives for the St. Louis Cardinals system, the guy whose power tool is only as good as your hit tool uh, Moises Gomez, the outfielder, 2015 IFA by the Rays, uh, 5'11", 200. He was released by the Rays uh, after 2021. He spent 76 games in double-A. I think he was repeating double-A. And he hit 171, 256, 309 with eight home runs. Uh, not necessarily the performance you want to see. Cardinals signed him, made a couple... Uh, 
changes. We'll get to those in a second. He spent 120 games between AA and AAA, even, 60 in each. 294, 371, 624, 39 home runs, 66 extra base hits, 52 walks to 174 strikeouts. So the strikeouts are still there, but the power showed up. 10 of 13 on stolen bases. And the thing here, very simple swing. Not a lot of moving parts. Uh, he just he was able to make contact more regularly because of the pitch recognition. For the longest time, when you watched him in Montgomery, it felt like he was guessing. Like he was guessing what was going to come, and then he was m- missing pitches in the zone. It was a stiff swing, wasn't very flexible. It was simple. It was quick. The bat speed's there. But he was missing stuff in the zone. The Cardinals did some tw- tinkering and work with him, and absolutely took off. Uh, defensively, he average arm, average speed. It's kind of like a fringe defender in a corner. So not super, it's not super rushing his defensive profile to get him to the bigs, but absolutely somebody who after 60 games in double A, you could absolutely see him contributing as a DH. Uh, if there's injuries and things like that in St. Louis and a promising player who we weren't saying that about a year ago. Already mentioned the breakout, Gordon Graceffo. Like what he's going to do this year. Guy who needs to stay healthy, Joshua Baez, the outfielder. 2021 second rounder out of high school. 6'4", 220, had a wrist injury last year that needed surgery. Only got 32 total games. And in those 32 games, divided between rookie ball and low A. 267, 385, 485. Four home runs, 13 extra base hits, 16 walks to 44 strikeouts, and 10 of 14 on stolen bases. The raw power is stupid huge, like 70-grade raw power. Can crush balls. Offensively, I've got the hit tool as probably a 40. He needed that development time. Obviously had the injury, didn't get a lot of that. Needs that development time. The speed's below average as well. And so you can't count on the defense to carry him. The arm is very good. He was 98 on the mound as a, like, has a prepster. And so you could put him into a corner outfield spot into a right field probably above average defensively despite the speed being below average because he has good reads good routes good reactions and again the arm the 70 grade arm will play up Uh, but he just needs more at bats right Uh, the swing I get like I said it's stiff the hands aren't great Uh, and then just trying to adjust to professional breaking balls and professional velocity so he just needs some more at bats uh, your best outfield defender, 5'10", 200, is outfielder Mike Antico. 2021 eighth rounder out of UT Austin. Uh, he was actually on Locked On Cardinals in late November. Great interview, so go check that out. But 131 games last year divided between high A and double A. 245, 344, 395, 14 home runs, 47 extra base hits, 71 walks to 143 strikeouts, and 67 of 74 on stolen bases. I like Mike Antico as a possible future leadoff option. The defense is somewhere between a 60 and a 70 grade. It's better than plus. It's not quite elite, but it's very, very good. And the speed is real. He is blazing fast. It is a 70 speed. You can see it in the stolen base numbers. 67 to 74 last season alone. He's maxed out physically. I think there's a little bit of sneaky pop there, but the walk rate is healthy. I mean, he walked 71 times. 
in 131 games. So more experience in the minors, and you're looking at a guy who could one day be your starting center fielder, bat leadoff as a classic leadoff type, balls in the gaps, extra bases, work a walk, steal a base, things like that. Fantastic week this week. Going through the rest of the division, tomorrow we're talking about the Milwaukee Brewers, who have a ton of outfielders and have to figure out where to put them all, as well as trying to develop pitching in case they lose the one-two combo of Corbin Burns and Brandon Woodruff uh, when they finally hit free agency. In the meantime, if you have questions for the show, I'm on Twitter at Crosby Baseball. Show is on Twitter at Locked On Farm. You can email us, LockedOnMilliProspects at gmail.com, or Drop your questions in the new Locked on Emily Prospects Discord. Link is in the episode description. Link is in the show notes. Until tomorrow's show, this has been Locked on Emily Prospects.